Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. You're still a fucking asshole. Live from the historic river market in downtown Kansas City, Missouri, from the crystal blue waters of the Missouri River, it's Two Douchebags and a Microphone Podcast. And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. Hmm. How do you tell when you're out of invisible ink? I may never know. Now, from the makers of the Who Bit My Oh Lord, that man just sawed a puppy in half. Hey there, don't worry, I have a clown nose. Oh no, that drunk guy just hit my child. It is okay, I have a clown nose. Clown nose, just put one on and you can do anything. Wanna run for office? Murder people in public? Just grab a clown nose and bam, everyone laughs. Clown noses are sold at gag stores online and pedophile conventions. Grab one today and make magic happen. Next up, things overheard in hell. Howard Stern just signed a 10-year contract extension. Hello everybody, this is Two Douchebags and Microphone, I am Mark. And I am Rob. Hey, uh, Rob, um, do you think, uh, you know, you occasionally, uh, you drink mainly tea, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm drinking right now, actually. Okay. You do drink a soda every now and then, a soda pop? Yeah, once in a while. Yeah, you'll have a Coke, Pepsi, RC, whatever, right? Uh, Pepsi, but here lately... Stuff like that's been upsetting my stomach, so I've been drinking that Starry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Starry is the new Pepsi product. Yeah, they're trying to uh, get some of the Sprite. Yeah, I like like it too. I like Sprite. I like, uh, actually, my favorite of that type is 7-Up. Yeah, yeah, I like 7-Up too. It's getting hard to find, though. I don't, know, I don't think they distribute it like they used to. The shelf space isn't the same. It isn't quite, you know, um, I, I don't know why, but a lot of places just don't carry 7-Up anymore. They'll have Sprite or they'll have Starry because Sprite is Coke, Starry is Pepsi, but you don't see 7-Up yeah. so much. So, anyhow, well, do you think your dog would enjoy a soda, Rob? Who? Your dog. Oh, hell no. Okay, well, the Jones Soda Company... Uh, go ahead, what'd you say? I said he's picky. Okay, the Jones Soda Company thinks your dog would like a soda. You know, you, have you ever, you know, been enjoying a cold, refreshing soda and thought, I wish my dog could have one too? Well, now that's possible, Rob. The Jones Soda Company announced Tuesday that they were expanding into the pet category with the launch of Jones Craft Dog Soda. Yes, Rob. Now, now, don't don't quit screaming with the excitement and anticipation. Okay. All right, Rob. Just settle down, all right, and I'll read. All, right, all, all right. Okay. The drink is uniquely formulated for canines in collaboration with veterinarians and dog owners, according to a news release from the company, and and uh, it contains all natural, human grade ingredients as well as functional supplements that boost joint health. The sodas are also non-carbonated and contain no sodium or sweeteners of any kind, the company said. The drink can be used as a treat, hydration booster, or food topper, according to the company, and it will be available in three flavors, chicken, beef, and a holiday-themed turkey and gravy flavor. Rob, calm down, okay? All right. Uh, Okay? 
Well, yeah, I was gonna, yeah. Go ahead. As you were talking about it, I was gonna say if they would have, if they would have to be non-carbonated for a dog's stomach. Exactly, I know. They I, would I, have to be. I'm just being a dick, going calm down and all that, because I could hear, I, know, I, know, I, I could know. hear it in your voice, like, oh my god. <laughs> and I was, I was the same way too. But the more I read the article, I made it's probably not that bad of an idea. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. While the flavors are specially formulated for your pups, adventurous dog owners are dared to drink it too, the company said in a news release. Eh, oh, no, hell no. No, hell thank no. you. And uh, the, another cool thing is Jones is going to do something really cool. The, they're going to have dogs up for adoption in that regional area where you're buying Jones soda at. So they'll have a picture of the dog and go, this is Fluffy, he's two years old, he's a Basset Hound mix or something, you know, and he's looking for a home. So that's pretty cool. So Jones, I salute you. Uh, you took something I thought I was going to have a lot of fun with, and hee hee, and ha ha. Actually, not that bad of an idea. Sounds pretty good to me. I mean, but then again, it all does depend on the price, right? Yeah. When you can buy a rotisserie chicken for five bucks, okay, and you can throw that on top of a dog's food and buy a, a soda for three dollars, I, you know, uh, I know which one's going to win out, the real chicken. So, anyhow, it, it's a cool idea and it might be cool as a gag gift or something, you know. Yeah, you, you got a yeah. gag gift with someone going, well, I didn't get you something, but I got your dog something. So. Well, I don't know. I get my dog treats for you know. You know what, Rob? Rob, you're right. Actually, you're right. It might be very good on a treat. Uh, You know, maybe you could even get your dog to behave a little bit better. Go, hey, soda, soda. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Come here, fight. Yeah, if I if I take boss outside and he doesn't fight me and we just go out do his business, he comes in. I give him a treat. Yeah, I, no, we do too. We do too, especially Tucker, the big Catahoula that we have. Um, he is naturally nervous, and he has all this energy yeah. because they are a cattle and boar herding dog. They go out there and they round him up. So he's always right. nervous. He's always looking for a job, and so we have to do stuff like that for him too. Because if not, he's very mischievous because he gets bored easy. So. Oh, yeah, mine's a beagle, so it, it puts its nose to the ground and it's gone. Oh, a beagle, you got to watch out because you can lose them very easily. They oh, don't, yeah. They don't yeah. stop. They keep going. They smell a scent, and it's just so engraved in them that that is their, you know, that's their personality. They're just going to keep rooting until yeah. they find the source. So, um, okay, well, you know what? I mean, that's cool, but um, i got another cool thing for you, Rob. Okay. You ever feel like being Santa but not want to be in a mall and dressed up in a suit? No. <laughs> Me neither, but I... <laughs> Honestly, no. No, 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 Rob, I get, I get it. I'm the same way. I'm like, nah, I never never thought that sounded cool. The U.S. Postal <laughs> Service... On Christmas Day, I pan it off on the kids. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> It's like, look, you little whippersnappers are a lot more energetic than me. I'm going to have my old bones yeah. sitting over there on the couch. Enjoy. Yeah, it's, it's going to take three of me to get my ass up off the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, the U.S. Postal Service is looking for volunteer Santas to respond to children's letters. I wish I had more time. I could be pretty evil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> you know, I could be really evil because, then again, I had my wonderment destroyed by my older siblings. Oh, Mark. Yeah, I know. And it sucks when you realize <laughs> at a young age it's your mom and dad and not Santa. But I had two older siblings, so I never had a shot at it. I had, I never had that whole <laughs> wonderland of Santa might be there. They're there dousing out my hope. <laughs> in no time flat. There's no Santa, you little stupid ass. It's mom and dad. There's no fat guy flying in the air. What the fuck's wrong with you, Marky? Get the hell out of here. You're not you're not in the cool club anymore, you little asshole. And they kick me a couple of times, so I go in my room and cry myself to sleep. Not really. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I had my wonderment destroyed by older siblings, and it sucks when you realize at a young age it's your mom and dad and not Santa. But there is eight days until Christmas, so if you're going to do this, you better hurry. At least you're not the Santa at the opening of the show. 
and that and I'm talking about you you heard the last four yeah, shows yeah. yeah yeah Santa that's ho 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 and you and then he's reminding you that you're a fucking asshole yeah that, that Santa <laughs> never gets old does it never gets old no it don't no um Rob you got something yeah. you want to speak of or uh, you want to go into yeah, some yeah. Oh, okay go uh, ahead I found this on 97.9 Kick FM. Okay. Is this a website? The prediction for winter in Missouri from NOAA's Climate Prediction Center is mm -hmm. a warmer than normal winter. Okay. However, something concerns me about what I'm seeing the squirrels in our Missouri neighborhood doing. They're building their nests higher up in the trees than normal. The reason I noticed this is something the old farmer's almanac says about squirrels building nests high up in trees as a sign that we're in for a colder or snowier winter. Um, there, are three, there are three possibilities here depending on how much faith you put in old farmer's tales. Okay. One, the squirrels in my neighborhood are dumb and have no clue what's going to happen this winter. <laughs> Two, the squirrels are building their nests higher in trees because they know a wolf pack will be traveling through my part of Missouri soon. That's what I think it is. I think it's three. Go ahead. <laughs> three, the squirrels are tight, or the squirrels are right, and we're going to get hammered by a bad winter eventually. Um, okay. Here is my thought on this. When do you get more snow? When it's 10 below or 28 degrees? 28. Exactly. What is an, yeah. what is an above normal temperature for the pit of January, the pit of hell in early February? 28 degrees yeah. is a warm yeah. temperature. Okay. So, if you believe that there's going to be a warmer than normal Christmas or not Christmas, but, you know, uh, winter, then I think you also have to believe if you have any precipitation at all, it could be a big event because of the temperatures. Right. There's more humidity. The humidity isn't sucked out of the air because of how cold it is. You still have humidity to work with, and you can generate, like, some of those thunder snows that'll dump a shitload of snow. Thunder snows are kind of like not quite the same... Um, uh, bearing or impact or even the depth of the snow but s thunder snow is like the what lake effect snows somewhere else only we don't get as much snow right thunder snows you get like uh, lightning and thunder because it's up near 30 32 degrees and you get the huge snowflakes that when they come down they just add up really quick and you can get 14 15 inches of snow in about three hours like that and so if you believe that there's a warmer winter you could also believe and see a scenario that there is going to be more snow agreed right yes right. but i don't think it I has totally a, agree with you on that okay i don't think it has that much to do with the squirrels though although i do believe a lot of no, the old no. farmers almanac i think squirrels build their nests higher because i think that the coyotes and wolves will be out more because they can't find food on the ground because of snow. Right. So I'm going towards it's a, the predators are closer. So I guess it yeah it may kind of have something to do with the snow and the weather and all that. Yes. But I also say it's more like they build them a little bit higher up because there's going to be they're going to be more um, hungry. They're not going to be able to find those little rats in their burrows because there's going to be like eight or nine inches of snow on the ground, right? Right. right. So anyhow, but like always, we're going to wait and see because no one's ever been able to predict the weather with great accuracy, and it will probably never happen because it just it's too fickle. You can have the same you can have the same system three times in a row, the exact same thing. And three different outcomes. So, um, anyhow, uh, want some alternative insults? Sure. All right. Okay. Alternative insults 
if you haven't heard this before, then you're a bad person because you haven't listened to us enough. So we're, we're saying that, right? You don't listen to us enough, that's bad. Okay? Right. You need to listen to us more so you know what an alternative insult is. But an alternative insult was born a long time ago, and it was out of need. And the need was to tell someone really bad that they're a stupid ass, but you can't do it because you're in church, you're at work, you're in front of people. So you have to get the message across somehow else. So it's not exactly, um, it's not cursing, but it's how you say it, how you look at them, and what you call them, but it's not cursing. And they get the idea. So I see someone and they're like, I don't know, being stupid or doing screwing something up. My first one would be like, tea leaf. I think tea leaf is pretty good because... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it just sounds stupid. You call someone a tea leaf, and you're pretty much saying they have like a minus IQ, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, eh, you tea leaf. Big, heavy, and droopy. Yeah, yeah, just blank slate. Nothing. Nothing there. Uh, The next one, call someone a fire blanket. A fire blanket, I like. Oh, damn. Yeah, because it just smothers and fucks everything up, just puts everything yeah. out. Just fire blanket. <laughs> um, I like that one pretty good. I'm, I, you know, I mean, um, you know, they can't all be gems, but they can be yeah. somewhere pretty yeah, I good. Do. I, I do too. Um, the next one, fountain grass. <laughs> I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you big lump of grass that's kind of ornamental. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and it's you also sit there we look at you. Yeah. Yeah. You just sit there, doing nothing, but being fountain grass. Next one, yard ornament. <laughs> you could be anything from a little spindle to one of those little gnomes. Yeah, that's a, I was like, oh, I <laughs> a little gnome. One of those ones that's bent over with their pants down and you can see their crack. <laughs> Yard ornament. Or, or you could be a pink flamingo. Oh, that would be worse, Rob. I would yeah. not want. I would not want to be a pink flamingo. Would you? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. That's pretty bad. <laughs> all the tea. With all the teenagers, you never know where you're going to end up. <laughs> Yeah, oh man, like uh, like what if hell is like you you get turned into stuff like a yard ornament and you have to live there. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like Mark, you've been very bad. You're going to be a fire blanket in your next life. What? <laughs> oh man, can can I have a duo? No, nope, nope, Mark, you've been a real asshole. You ever listen to one of your podcasts? Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm a fire blanket. I'm sorry. We're both doomed. <laughs> yeah, we are. Which one would you rather be? Would you rather be a tea leaf, a fire blanket, a fountain grass, or a yard ornament? Well, if it's going to be a yard ornament, I think it'd be a pink flamingo, because you would have a chance to travel at that point. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you. I was thinking yard ornament, too. You could be yeah. one of those gnomes that... Um, this happened quite a few years ago. But someone stole an old man's gnome from the inside of his house, from the outside of his house, and he's like, "Who the hell would steal my gnome?" And he started getting letters with pictures of this gnome all around the world. <laughs> someone played the most elaborate trick on him ever. They never confessed to it that I know of, and they took this gnome, and uh, he's at the Eiffel Tower. He's at uh, a shore in Italy. He's at a winery. Yeah, he's at a winery in Spain. He's in the Alpine Mountains. They went all around the world and took pictures of this gnome and sent it to that old man that they stole it from. And then one day, the gnome was back where it was before. This is before <laughs> ring. This is before ring doorbell, of course. <laughs> so. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So if you if you're a yard ornament, you always have that chance that someone could like grab you and do something cool like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you. I mean, I think the worst one out of these would be a fire blanket because that would be kind of hot. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, oh shit, this welder's about ready to catch everything on fire. Shit, here I. Oh man. Oh, 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 oh. 
you're, you're so heavy, you know, hardly anybody could carry move you. Oh, you know, man. You're just there. I used to hate the jobs where we'd have to, whenever we welded and we have to have a fire blanket cover and everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, that just sucked. So, anyhow, but I don't have to do that anymore, which is awesome. So, all right. Um, next one. This one is the worst. Call someone Ross from Friends. <laughs> oh, God. David Schwimmer. Oh. <laughs> I mean, oh, God. I think I would break someone's fucking temple open over <laughs> calling me Ross from Friends. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> oh, man. That just makes me feel bad just like just saying it, you know. Ross from Friends. Ah. Next one. Rose Petal. That gets the point across. Ah, uh, look at the cute little rose petal over here. Ah, come here, rose yeah. petal. Mm, aren't you cute? You're special. Yep. Next one. Tin ear. Tin ear is a really good one because they're basically saying that you can't hear because right. you've been exposed to loud noises all your life. You're tin-eared. So tin ear is a pain in the ass. Next one, leaf lettuce. Pretty good one. Okay. Yeah. Leaf lettuce, again, goes to the object that just lays there. Yeah, just, you know, you could be put in a salad, or you could be put on a burger, or you could just be laying there. You don't know. Yeah, see, really, that, see, that's the thing. You don't have any of the other ingredients to make you good. No, you're just leaf lettuce. You're just kind of like laying yeah. there, you know. A lot of people are like, mm, fuck, man, they throw this shit away. Yeah, I ain't eating that. Next one, ground chuck. It's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Not the worst, but, you know, if you say it with authority, it works really good. Hey, ground chuck. Uh, next one. Yeah, 70-30. 70-30. I like that one better. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! <laughs> hey, seventy thirty, come here. Why you call me that? Cause you're not even ground chuck, you asshole. You're seventy thirty. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Next one, onion powder. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, that one's good. <laughs> onion powder? Why? I don't know. Got you in the onion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, artificial onion. Artificial onion. Smashed artificial onion. <laughs> yeah. Um, this next one I really like a lot. Call someone a lost puppy. Think of how squirrely that would make someone. You know, you ever see a lost I've puppy? I've done that before. Oh, you've called someone a lost puppy? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. All right. I mean, you'd wander around. What are you, a lost puppy or what? <laughs> I have, a few times. Someone calls me that, I'll go pee on their leg and go, I guess you're right. Nah. Eh. Nah. Nah, normally they just give me the deer in the head like <laughs> Well, I'm glad they didn't pee on your leg, because that probably yeah, they, yeah. that would have set you, right? Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Not like that poor guy accidentally pissed on at the Grand Saloon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that poor guy. <laughs> You're pissing on me. That's funny to see. All I remember, I was so trash, is I was leaning against the stall, and my dick had the most unique angle. It wasn't anywhere near the stool. It was going straight to the crack, the partition. And I started pissing. All of a sudden, the guy's like, Hey, you're pissing on my face! <laughs> 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 I uh, got the fuck out of there, because there's some big guys <laughs> playing pool. I was oh, praying no. it, it wasn't one of them. <laughs> Look, I mean, I couldn't defend myself anyhow, especially, I mean, one of those huge guys playing pool. Nah, no thank you. Um, and then last but not least, call someone String Cheese. Oh, damn. Yeah, yep. You're not even block cheese. You're not shredded cheese. You're not cube cheese. Your string yeah. cheese just didn't make the cut. All right, Rob, 
You want to come back with some uh, wrestling? Is that what you want to do? Yeah. Yeah, let's take a break and let's come back to Rob's Wrestling Roundup. Okay, sounds good. All right, we'll be right back after this with Rob's Wrestling Roundup. Think about what's just happened. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. But we can tell you what you can eat. During an apocalypse, don't forget the nuts. Hickory nuts, that is. Yeah, we know, hickory wood gets all the glory and all the love. Everyone loves the hickory trees. They cut them down and they make great sandwiches out of barbecue and meats. They smoke them and it's a fantastic deal. But little does anyone know about the hickory nuts. During an apocalypse, hickory nuts could be the best thing you can find. Hickory nuts can be eaten raw, toasted, or added to various recipes. Their rich, buttery flavor and crunchy texture make them an ideal ingredient for both sweet and savory dishes. You can use hickory nuts to make nut butter, pesto, or even a unique hickory nut milk. There are five types of hickory nuts. Bitternut hickory, shagbark hickory, pignut hickory, mockernut hickory, and smoothbark hickory. Hickory trees are considered part of the walnut species and are plentiful, at least around Missouri and surrounding areas. So, during the apocalypse, don't forget to grab your nuts. Somewhere in the heavens, your great Grammy Gertrude is crying because her little Bebo is listening to this film. And now, Deep Thoughts with Mark. So... I order spaghetti and meatballs. My meatballs automatically fall apart as soon as I touch them. So then, does my dish automatically change its name to spaghetti and meat sauce? <laughs> I may never know. This ain't boring ass radio, kid. It's the Next Generation Podcast. Now we go to Rob Rad's Wrestling Roundup, the wrestling rundown for the week. Going into that's going on in the Rhodes family. Okay, like Dusty Rhodes. Okay, huh? You answered it. I was getting ready to say Dusty Rhodes. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and and his brother or his son Cody, and his other son Dustin. In other words otherwise known as Goldust, who is now in, I believe, AEW. Okay. Uh, Dusty Rhodes started making plans for TCW in 1999 and would establish offices in East Cobb County, Georgia. At the time, Rhodes described his idea for the new promotion as old school but with modern ideas. The first TCW event took place in July 2000 and saw Glacier win a tournament to become the first TCW heavyweight champion. The following year, TCW would host its first pay-per-view and would also begin airing on TV. In March of 2001, Scott the Clap Atten and the Extreme Dream Eric Watts became the first TCW Tag Team Champions, defeating Glacier and Jorge Estrada. With cool. the demise of WCW and ECW, TCW welcomed talent that the WWF did not pick up. And it, Okay, well now, okay. Cody Rhodes could be prepared to revive Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling, the promotion founded by his father, American Dream Dusty Rhodes. Recently, Rhodes and his Nightmare Factory partner, QT, QT Marshall, filed for a trademark for the term trade, Turnbuckle Championship Wrestling for entertainment services and nice. merchandising. Nice. The filing specifically refers to wrestling contests and exhibits as applicable to the TCW term. So he could be trying to bring it back. 
That's very cool. And it's in he, good. He's all over in the wrestling world. Just came back to WWE Fantastic. from AEW, which he had mm-hmm. ownership in. Interesting. And yeah, he he's all over in wrestling. I mean, that, he's that's that's he's fantastic. to have a uh, Texas bull rope match against Shinsuke Nakamura. Cool. Which is another match his father started. Mm-hmm. His Dusty Rhodes was in the first ever bull rope match. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's. He's oh. come along in his father's footsteps. Real quick, while we're talking about wrestling, Bruiser Brody won. Oh, did he? Yes. Topher said okay, that Zach is, that. Zach is uh, clean and sober now. He probably shaves his asshole hairs. So he went with Bruiser All Brody. Right. Okay. So. Oh, and one other thing. You were yes. asked, we were talking about the new Von Eric movie coming out, Iron yes. Claw. I saw, I saw the preview. Go ahead. And you were asking, we were talking about which Von Eric is still alive. Mm-hmm. It is Kevin Von Eric. Kevin Von Eric. David Von Eric was the one killed first in Japan. And, and then it was Mike Von Eric, and then it was Carrie Von Eric. And, and yeah, uh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. I I mean, there are so many of them, and, and Kevin Von Erich's the one that didn't look like the rest of them either. He had like dark hair and he's kind of thick. Yeah, well, yeah. I also seen a uh, report to where the two Von Erich boys had a match. And You're talking about the ones now. The, these are the ones now, right? The nephews yeah, or whatever. Yeah, okay. The son. Okay, yeah. a son. Okay. Okay, cool. I can't wait to see that because I think that's going to be an excellent movie because there's so much shit that happened. And um, did yeah. you ever go on YouTube and look at Dark Side of the 90s, the Von Erics? No, I have not yet. When you do, do it. I mean, because there's just some unbelievable shit there. I knew there's a lot going on. But I, a lot of that stuff, I think, wasn't it like it was a Texas league and then it transferred to the WCW, right? Uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. they started out Texas. Mm-hmm, they were regional, and then they became WCW, and then the Von Erichs automatically got cast into the, uh, spotlight, because they are, they are royalty in Texas, or were. Yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah, so, yeah, they still are, so, okay, well, very cool, I can't wait for that movie myself, because that, I, I'm gonna find that very interesting, but, um... Uh, Rob, uh, switching gears here completely. You ever wanted a really good coffee, but you also wanted a taco or a burrito? Yeah, I will. I, I also have. I have too. Yeah, honestly. All right. Well, Taco Bell is going to start serving specialty coffees. We're always pushing the boundaries to deliver bold and craveable Mexican-inspired flavors our fans have come to expect from us, and these frozen drinks showcase um, or how far our innovation goes, said Taco Bell U.S. Chief Marketing Officer Taylor Montgomery. We are constantly listening to what our fans are craving next, and we are thrilled to offer them a frozen creation that's just as delicious and desirable as their favorite menu item. Inspired by authentic Mexican flavors, the coffee chillers and churro chillers are the perfect fun and festive all-day pick-me-up with colorful swirls packed with flavor. The coffee chiller is served with a 16-ounce cup that swirled with craveable flavor on the inside filled with blended iced coffee and topped with a layer of cold foam. Available in Mexican chocolate, caramel churro, and spiced vanilla. Man, they got me sold. Yeah. The churro chiller is served in a 16-ounce cup, like I said, that's also swirled uh, with a uh, with, um, craveable flavor on the inside, filled with a blended sweet shake and topped with a layer of cold foam and sweet vanilla. It wouldn't be Taco Bell without an extra twist. The sweet vanilla churro chiro, uh, chiller is visually captivating with a purple tint. I don't know what that's about, but okay. All flavors will be available at listed locations for $4.19 for a limited time while supplies last. 
Um, doesn't sound like it's going to be a regular menu item, though, which disappoints me. It said, while yeah. supplies last for a limited time. So my my I expect it's going to be like this. If it hits really well, it's definitely going to get consideration. They'll be like, you know what? We're getting some of Starbucks and uh, McDonald's money here by having coffees. Then you'll see it stay. But if it's like something, people are like, oh, that's okay, and have a couple, and then they don't buy any more, then it'll be bye-bye. So it's that simple. If you think you really like it, go out there and fucking buy it. So anyhow. But while we're talking about coffee... After being closed for over a year, federal regulators are trying to order a Starbucks location on the Country Club Plaza to reopen. And the Country Club Plaza, of course, would be here in Kansas City. Yeah. On yeah. Wednesday night, the National Labor Relations Board, NLRB, issued a complaint saying Starbucks unlawfully closed 23 union and non-union stores across the country in 2022. The NLRB alleges the coffee chain closed the U.S. locations in an attempt to thwart off unionizing efforts. The Starbucks store in the Country Club Plaza was one of the very first stores in the Kansas City area that tried to unionize, but the vote was a tie, which counts as a loss. The company later closed the location in August of 2022, citing safety concerns. Court documents say eight other U.S. locations had already organized when Starbucks closed the stores. Federal regulators want Starbucks to reopen the 23 locations and compensate employees for lost wages and benefits. The case will go before a judge next summer unless Starbucks settles the issue sooner. So, okay, I get what they're saying. They're, you know, they're preempting union busting, you know, they're like, you know, shutting down the locations. But I've always found it absurd that you would make a place be in business? How can you do that? You I don't know. know. Yeah, you, you know, a judge goes, well, you got to stay in business because uh, we deem that you have to. Um, I don't know. I mean, they can actually make them stay in business. I tell you what I think is probably going to happen is, is Starbucks going to go, all right, how about we give everybody $10,000 and a pat on the ass and say we're sorry. And then or, and then it'll probably get settled like that. And they probably won't open the location, but they're going to settle out of court. Do you see what I'm saying? And then agree to one of our invisible ass paddlings. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. didn't I already give them a wet ass paddling for it or not? You may have. You know what? There, we've dealt so many ass paddlings, I really lost track. So, we reserve that right. Yes, we do. People know it. They love it. They embrace it. People can't wait for another ass paddling to deserving des, deserving companies, deserving people, deserving anything. So, yep. Um, uh, oh, I wanted to get to something really quick. And I guess this is true. I looked it up. Jake Browning, backup quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, has been throwing lights out. I mean, he has just been fucking bringing it, and they've been winning games with mm-hmm. him, okay? Uh, yeah, my after, son was telling me about him earlier. Yeah, after he completed his comeback win um, yesterday, 50, he, he said 15 minutes after the win, he got a text from the NFL wanting him to submit a drug test urine sample. What? Yes. Now, I don't know how they came to this conclusion that he's doping, but, okay, um, if it was just an arm and nothing else to quarterback, right, there'd be so many people throwing lights out and just fucking being great, but there's so much um, intelligence that's engulfed and memory that's engulfed in this quarterback position that just being on steroids is not going to make you a good quarterback. If that was true, someone like Jeff George would have been the best quarterback ever because he had such an arm. But he had a million-dollar arm, in my opinion, and a 10-cent brain. Yeah, you you got to know your place. you got to remember your place. Yeah, even Brett Favre didn't do shit 
until he started reading defenses. So this whole notion that Jake Browning gets a fucking piss test because he's been doing so well, and the only other thing I can think of is is maybe uh, maybe a disgruntled um, opponent's fan. I don't know, called and gave a tip or something. I don't know how you would do that. How would you get a hold of the NFL and go, hey, I don't know. Hey, I got I got some really good Iggy here. What, what's that? Jake Brown, uh, Browning's been uh, doping. What? Yeah, yeah, I saw him. Oh, no shit. I, I don't know. but I don't know how you would do that. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm no Bengals fan by any stretch. And uh, um, Ruth Ann in central, uh, in central Ohio, will you please mark this down that I defended the Bengals and Jake Browning? If you're still listening. Yeah, I'll defend them too. Yeah, I I just thought this was completely bullshit. So, anyhow, um, how about if we uh, take our second break and come back with some more stuff? That sound good, Rob? Sounds good. All right, we'll talk to you guys here in a minute. Our constant pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. Don't be ashamed of who you are. That's your parents' job. This is the voice guy from your favorite podcast, Two Douchebags and a Microphone. People often ask us how they can find us when doing a remote broadcast. One, smell. Go to the city market and start sniffing. Our aroma has been described as a mixture of flea powder for goats, Tabasco sauce, and old sock with dark fuzzy urine. Two, look for the spot absent of patrons. Three, the most telling sign is a crowd of patrons vomiting uncontrollably. Four, just call us at 816-512-7717. We're just like a really funny radio show with all the funny taken out. Next up, things overheard in hell. Great news. William Hung's world tour has been extended. Two douchebags and microphone. I am Mark. And I'm Rob. All right. Um, Rob, you got anything you want to go into? Yeah, I got an American songwriter for you. Please I go for it. you've been waiting, buddy. I, I don't know which one's my favorite, Rob. I don't know if it's Old West Hygiene or American Songwriter. I, I They're both fantastic. I Right now, I kind of eke American Songwriter out a little bit more because of the unique yeah. subjects that it comes up with. Anyhow, go ahead. Yeah, and, and anybody can go to and find any of these. It's on AmericanSongwriter.com. But why would why would you when you have Rob Rad talking to you about right, it? Right, right. I'll bring him to you. That's right. Rob Rad, he does all the heavy lifting. He goes over there with his brawn, and he grabs these heavy stories, and he hauls them back to your ears. Right, Rob? Yes, I, yes, I do. I, I can see the sweat on your temple. You're such a trooper. Thank you, Rob. It's breathtaking. Breathtaking. Well, that being said, let me take a drink real quick. <laughs> okay. Rob, you you are an icon to the American podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, go, go forth and talk about this. Okay. This is the five American songwriters who revolutionized the art of storytelling. Nice. Nice. Go ahead. I love this. Number one, Bob Dylan. Dylan has said yeah. he was born into the wrong place. He left Minneapolis for Greenwich Village, changed his name, and studied hard. On his way to becoming his generation's orator, of record, he learned hundreds of songs and read books vicariously. I don't think Number anyone two. could argue with that. I mean, oh, he he wrote a lot of songs that people don't even realize he wrote. I he is a to me, 
he is a better storyteller than he is a musician and i love his music yes i do too um he illustrates things so well with words it's insane but go ahead rob okay number two willie dixon Willie Dixon wrote blues standards that became the foundation of rock and roll. His Chicago blues was adopted by the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton, and pretty much everyone else in rock, whether they knew it or not. Um, who had Willie Dixon? like old folk poetry with a booming voice. Who had Dixon Willie Dixon reported, on there? Who had them on their blues list? That would be me. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah. I, had to put, I had to point that out. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah. Dixon recorded for Chess Records, but found his biggest success as a songwriter for Muddy Waters, Howling mm-hmm. Wolf, and Buddy Guy. Yeah, his stuff is brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, yes. Actually, uh, I know I had Muddy Waters. You did, you did, and probably uh, it was probably a song I'm that he had some too. Yes, yep, I would think, yeah. Okay, number three. Bruce Springsteen sings about redemption. Giving a voice to the working class, Springsteen writes songs of sympathy for the hopeless. Even the seedy characters in Springsteen songs. Deserve respect. Curious and smart Springsteen peeks under the hood to find out why the engine failed. Uh, okay, as 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 a storyteller, I can't argue with that. But his music, I just don't get into. Right, so, right. Okay. I, I'm the same way. I, I I'm don't the same way. Yeah, it's he, not it, my thing. I can see the stories in them, but yeah. Yeah. I, I was I mean, a huge fan. Look at Born in the USA, that song, you know. Come back home to their final yeah. read. Man says, son, if it's up to me, you know. Hey, he got nowhere to run. He got nowhere to go. I, I mean, he's talking about Vietnam yeah. vets and how they were shit on. And, and yeah, I, yeah. And that, that's what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, his, his illustration through his songs are just insanely accurate and just brutally honest. I love them. But the music I could do without. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay, number four. Woody Guthrie is one of the most significant American songwriters in any genre. His catalog of songs is like a how-to guide for protest singers. This Land is Your Land was Guthrie's contentious answer to God Bless America. Okay. I get it. I, I mean, oh, I've yeah, never he been was a, the one that wrote "This Land Is Your Land." I've never known that much about him, so okay, all right. They've been good on everything else, so okay. And <coughs> you all right? Finally, number five. Okay. All right, Hank Williams. The original? In just four years, Hank Williams established the future of contemporary country music. His life was like a country song. Years of difficulty plagued by tragedy led to his early death at age 29. He left behind what became the standard for country music and just popular music in general. Songs like I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry and Hey Good Looking <laughs> are foundational to American songwriting. I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry is just such a good song. I mean, it the is. music it and is. the lyrics, it, yeah, I agree 100%. Now, uh, Rob, do you know how Hank Williams the first died? It was a plane crash, wasn't it? Was it? I, hmm. Maybe not. The old story was is he had a heart attack in his sleep, and he. he Oh, yeah. I I was thinking. I was thinking. uh, Um, Roy Rogers. I was thinking Roy Rogers. Rogers. Um, uh, Let me see. I'm trying to look it up. Cause 
of death. I'm just curious. Heart failure. Yeah. The result of an original heart autopsy failure. indicated that Williams died of a heart attack. Author Colin Escort concluded in his book, Hank Williams, the biography that the cause of death was heart failure caused by a combination of alcohol, morphine, and chloral hydrate. Well, that would do it. That would do it. Well, there you go. Hmm. All right. Well, now yeah, we know. Yeah, I, I think I was thinking Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers, I think. Yep. Any, anyhow, no, I just asked that because I kept hearing yeah. heart attack, but I heard he had a heart attack in his sleep. Which I guess he probably did, according to this. I mean, yeah. mor morphine would have put you to sleep. So, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, and all the other stuff in his system. So, okay. Well, Hank, you checked out early, but you left us with the second and the third. And um, I like the third. Have you heard Hank Williams the third? I've heard a little bit of stuff. Yeah, I, I'm kind of liking it. He's unique. He does his own thing. Yeah. He does a little bit of all different genres. And he's very uh, he's very talented. So, um, okay. Not too long ago, I got into these old sayings and what they meant. Like, you know, stitch in time saves nine. Um, uh, what in tarnation, right? Remember we did tarnation? Yeah. And we did a couple other ones. Well, I got some more of these. These are old sayings and their origin of why they say them. Okay? That sound good? All right. Okay. Bite the bullet. Have you ever, have you ever heard that one? Yeah. Yeah, so have I. Meaning to accept something difficult or unpleasant. Origin. In the olden days, when doctors were short of anesthesia or time during a battle... They would ask the patient to bite down on a bullet to distract from the pain. The first recorded use of the phrase was in 1891, in the light that failed. So, okay. All right. I mean, that one's kind of anticlimactic because I think everyone kind of figured that out, right? That one was, yeah. was kind of self-explanatory. Um, next one we have here on this list, break the ice. The meaning, to break off a conflict or commerce, a friendship. Origin, yeah. back when road transportation, uh, did I say commerce commence a friendship? Ugh, okay, sorry. Let me do this over. Meaning, to break off a conflict or commence a friendship. Origin, back when road transportation was not developed, ships would be the only transportation and means of trade. At times, the ships would get stuck during the winter because of ice formation. The receiving country would send small ships to break the ice, to clear a way for the trade ships. The gesture showed affiliation and understanding between the two territories. So I think that's pretty, that's a pretty good saying, right? I mean, break the ice, it does kind of mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next one, cat got your tongue. This one I always wondered about, okay? I never could understand why cat got your tongue meant something, you know, like you can't talk or whatever. Meaning, asked to a person who is at loss for words. Origin, the English, the English Navy used to use a whip called cat of nine tails for flogging. The pain was so severe that it caused the victim to stay quiet for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Another, okay, okay. Another possible source could be from ancient Egypt, where liars and blasphemers were uh, tongues were cut out and fed to the cats. Oh. oh my God. Oh. Boy, aren't you glad we don't live in those times? Jeez. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> okay. Turn a blind eye. I actually know this one. Meaning to ignore situations, facts, or reality. The origin. The British naval hero, Admiral Horatio Nelson, had one blind eye. Once the British forces signaled for him to stop attacking a fleet of Danish ships, he held up a telescope to his blind eye and said, I don't see the signal. He attacked nevertheless and was victorious. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it. He's looking out of his blind eye. 
<laughs> mm, this next one always had me intrigued. Give a cold shoulder. We've all heard that. You know, someone's like not happy yeah. with you and they're not really yeah. talking to you. It's like, man, I do something to piss Rob Rad off. He's not really saying that much. All right. So, and probably I did, <laughs> right? Probably. So, anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I'm joking around. Being, meaning being unwelcoming or antisocial towards someone. Origin. The first recorded use of this phrase dates back to the early 1800s. It refers to an old custom of giving an unwelcome guest a cold piece of meat from the shoulder of mutton, pork, or beef chop, as opposed to a welcome guest receiving a warm serving. This was a polite way to communicate. You may leave now. So if you got cold mutton or pork or steak, you best be fucking hoofing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This next one's always intrigued me. Have you ever figured out what caught red-handed meant? Yeah, I have. Have you really? Well, you know what yeah. it means, but do you know where the origin was from? No, no, I don't. Okay. It's... Meaning to be caught in the act of doing something wrong. Right. Origin. This originates from an old English law that ordered any person to be punished for butchering an animal that wasn't his own. The only way a person could be convicted of this if he was caught with the animal's blood still on his hands. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good one, too. I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? Makes a lot of so sense. So if he had a water trough, he'd get away with it. Exactly. Well, you don't see any blood on my hand, do you? Oh, um, you can go. Fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Bury the hatchet, meaning to stop a conflict and make peace. Origins, this one dates back to the early times North America when the Puritans were in conflict with the Native Americans. When negotiating peace, the Native Americans would bury all their hatchets, knives, clubs, and tomahawks. Weapons were literally buried and made inaccessible. Wow. That, wow. that makes a lot of sense, don't it? Bury the hatchet. Well, you know, and they even used it in later times, too, like the old mafia, you know, whenever they'd have like a uh, two opposing um, um, crews, groups, or families, right? They would have yeah. another family come in, and they would have everyone turn their weapons to them so no one could hurt anybody, and they'd try to hash something out. Very famously, they did a lot of that in The Sopranos and some other stuff, Goodfellas, stuff like that. But it's, it, it was true, it was widely known that, you know, some would negotiate a peace gathering and they would take all the weapons to make sure that nobody got stupid and killed somebody. So, burying the hatchet went on to live on to other meanings, or, well, not other meanings, but to other aspects in life later on. Next one, let one's hair down. Meaning, to relax or be at ease. Origin. In public, the aristocratic women of medieval times were obligated to appear in elfin hairdos that were usually pulled up. The only time they, were, they would let their hair down was when they came home and relaxed. That makes sense. Yeah. Next one. Rub the wrong way. Meaning... To bother or annoy someone. Boy, that 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 describes two douchebags in a microphone, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Oh, by the way, uh, dude that hates us wrote us three more times. I'm going to get the emails uh, on our next podcast Tuesday. All right. Yeah, he, he's relentless. <laughs> I, I, I think it's great we got a hater so vivid. So, okay, rub the wrong way, meaning to bother or annoy someone. Origin, early Americans during the colonial times would ask their servants to rub their oak floorboards the right way. The wrong way, not wiping them with dry fabric after wet fabric, would cause streaks to form and ruin it, leaving the homeowner annoyed. Alternatively, it could have derived from rubbing a cat's fur the wrong way, which annoys them. So, okay, that one was good, but not as good as the other ones. But you know what? They can't all be gems, right? Right. 
All right, let's see if I have any more here. I think that may be all of them that I have for this one, but there's more that I will uh, compile and let you guys in on. Let's see. Uh, okay, there's Tarnation. I already covered that one, but I'll do it again in case someone didn't hear the podcast. Where did the expression what in Tarnation came from, come from? Character Yosemite Sam, what in Tarnation? The, world, the word tarnation was originally a 1784 American English derivative of darnation, which was, predictably enough, a milder way of expressing the profanity damnation. So the T in tarnation was influenced by tarnal, yet another mild 18th century profanity. So there, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, that one explained a little bit better um, than the first one that I read. It went into a little bit more depth, so I kind of understand it a little bit better. So, okay, that was cool. Um, let's see. Um, here's another little story I'd like to get to before we end this shit show. A strange dolphin in the Gulf of uh, Corinth has developed intriguing book-shaped thumbs carved out of its flippers photographers show and it does look like little thumbs huh. researchers with the pelagos uh, pelagos or whatever i should know that it's greek name um um research center um spotted the dolphin on two occasions this summer during uh, their boat surveys off the coast of greece despite the unusual appearance of its flippers the animal kept uh, pace with the rest of its pod and was seen swimming, leaping, bow riding, playing with the other dolphins. Said Alexandrios, uh, big long Greek name, yeah, I'm not even going to bother. Uh, something <laughs> Autobopolopolosis, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that, uh, Jones, Henry, Ford. I don't know. Uh, the, scienti- the scientific coordinator with the president of the Pelagos uh, Research Institute. It's the very first time we saw this surprising flipper uh, morphology in 30 years of surveys in the open sea and also in, stu- in studies while monitoring all the stranded dolphins along the coasts of Greece for 30 years. They have never seen anything like this and they don't have any explanation why it's just one dolphin that they can gather has these little thumbs growing out of his flippers. I have a theory, and I can say this because I am Greek. I think one of those filthy Greeks over there had sex with a dolphin. I, I've heard of that. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm Greek. I'm I, joking around. I've heard of shrimpers doing it. Really? Yeah. I was just joking around. When you're out on a boat for a week to ten days? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Okay. That's, I, I, that, that's, that's what I've been told. I don't know personally. Okay. Well, um, hmm. well, you know what? Uh, people will bang corpses. Why wouldn't they yep. bang a dolphin? Um, I who knows? I mean, you know, there's so many different variables in this whole thing. It could be anything at all. But anyhow, very intriguing that it's just one of these dolphins, uh, for some reason, has grown little thumb-like things. Um, anyhow, Rob, you got yeah. any, you got any stories you want to do? Weird. It, it is. Um, got any stories you want to uh, get to before we sign off here? Uh, did you hear the Tyreek Hills? Being served with two paternity suits by different women? No! <laughs> Go ahead! <laughs> That's why you need oh, a woman. Yeah, this, this is crazy. Okay. Okay. Star wide receiver Tyreek Hill, who made a move from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins in March 2022, is making ways both on and off the field. Mm-hmm. Okay, the first paternity suit was filed by Brittany Lochner, who asserts that she had a relationship with the NFL star in 2022, resulting in the birth of their child in March. Wow. 
Right, who shared a video of their baby wearing a tiny number 10 jersey, claimed that her filing that she is unemployed, has no income, is in debt, is on Medicaid, and lacks means of support. Wow. The second lawsuit comes from Kimberly Baker, who alleges that she had a relationship with Tyreek in August of 2022. Man, he was busy. Oh, he gets better. Okay. <laughs> Baker disputes the twenty-five, the twenty-five hundred a month. He's been giving these women twenty-five hundred a month. Mm-hmm. Is that like hush money? Asserting that the actual cost of caring for their daughter is closer to ten thousand a month. Wow. What the hell? Jeez. <laughs> Despite these legal challenges, Tyreek Hill reportedly attempted to weigh both lawsuits or to have both lawsuits dismissed. It's worth worth noting that Tyreek married Tita in November of twenty twenty two. You're right, but wait there's more. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Three, yeah, Kita was his longtime girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Isn't that and the one that he had the problems with? Isn't that the ones he had problems with when he was here in Kansas City, I think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But, but yeah, he's, he's been giving them 2500 a month, but now they're wanting ten grand a month. <laughs> Tariq. Because he's making $30 million a year now. You might start investing in condoms. Fair? Yeah, it might be a good idea. It might be a good idea for you, okay? Especially, you know, this whole uh, wipe thing and all of that, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Trojan Man could probably visit you and you would probably do very well. Um, oh, or do, hey, your, or might, do yourself yeah, much better. Yeah, up some sponsorship. Yeah, there we go. You go, hi, I'm Make Trey Hill. Make side money. Make uh, doing yeah. commercials. Yeah, yeah, you could pay them all the proceeds of the Trojan commercials. <laughs> Rob, that's what we do. We help. We help. Two Douchebags and Microphone is here to help. So, Tyreek, you're like welcome. Always. You're welcome. You know, he's got to hear this and go, that's what i got to do. It's brilliant. Yeah, right? make money on it. That's right. That way he can pay for his child yeah. support. Yeah, turn a kick in the ass to a pat on the ass, guy. Come on. Go, hey, look, man, I'm Tyreek Hill, and I had my wiener where it shouldn't have been, and I got in a little bit of trouble, so, hey, uh, how about if I do a couple of commercials for you guys? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we got you covered, Tyreek. No problem, no charge. Anyhow, everybody, have a great night. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Rob. Great episode. Thank you. Yep, absolutely. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Hey, where'd everybody go? We're the douchebags. Hmm. Oh, my God. Someone took a dump in the corner. Oh, jeez. Ugh. Glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Oh, man, that smells.